The Church of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut brings you this edition of Shi'ar Jeshub featuring the ministry of Pastor Greg Scalzo. This is Patty Scalzo, and today we will be continuing my husband's in-depth Bible study series on heavenly authority with the section on the wisdom of King Solomon. Before we go into the Sunday message, let me remind you about our church website at www.shiarjashub.org. Once you visit it, I believe you will bookmark it as your site for serious Bible study, glorifying our Lord Jesus Christ. Here now is Pastor Greg. The reading this morning will be from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, starting at verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For Jews request a sign, and Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, to the Jews a stumbling block, and to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. And obviously on the cross you have what looks like weakness to the world is the power of salvation that God provides for us. And the message being preached, which even to this day, people who consider themselves wise, worldly wise, the scribes, the, the debaters, the uh, disputers, those that love to have arguments and debate, the universities, Athens, they see it as foolishness. But we know the gospel to be that which can only save us, and to be the very wisdom of God. And God sets it up that way so that those that think they're so intelligent, that think they're so smart, can stumble on the great stumbling block. Relying on their minds is not enough to save them. Rather, God desires those that come with a contrite and broken heart in sincerity. And that can happen whether we're a little child whether we have difficulty grasping some of the issues of life, some of the technicalities of education, the simple can grasp the gospel because God desires those to be saved to be those that truly love him and count on him and desire him. And so what seems like foolishness to the world is indeed the wisdom of God. And when we speak about Solomon, as we're doing now in the Heavenly Authority series, it's impossible not to speak about 
wisdom. He is remembered as a wise man and possibly the wisest of mankind when it comes to both practical and speculative wisdom. The scriptures God anointed him to write, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, to some degree the Song of Solomon, are known as the wisdom literature. And actually many of the ancient cultures, uh, I believe, try to steal from that wisdom type of literature and you get the writings of the Greeks and the philosophers entering into some type of intellectual debate, but void of the ultimate wisdom that you find in the Proverbs that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Grasping, grabbing onto the idea of having these deep thoughts about life, but then the pagans take the wisdom idea and they, they divorce it from a belief in God. Obviously, Solomon had faith in God. The Holy Spirit anoints Solomon to write these scriptures, which we call the wisdom literature. And so we know there is wisdom with God there is understanding, there is perception, there is a grasp of knowledge, there is the knowledge to know how to react in certain situations. What do you do in difficult events which a king like Solomon has to face daily? He's over so many different people and he has to make choices. And there is godly wisdom and then there is worldly wisdom. And it's important to know the difference between the two. Solomon is known even uh, in modern-day vernacular, people that do not believe in the Bible, they will still use Solomon's name almost as an adjective for wisdom. And yet Jesus says in Luke chapter 11 and verse 31, speaking about those that heard the gospel yet did not respond to the words of Jesus Christ, he said in chapter 11, verse 31 of Luke, the queen of the south will rise up in the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them, for she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and indeed a greater than Solomon is here. One greater than Solomon, Jesus Christ. One to whom we must listen to whose words are the ultimate wisdom because they purchase us eternal life. And if you think for a moment how amazing it is, how one so wise as Solomon, which Jesus himself testifies to hear, how the Queen of the South came to hear the wisdom of Solomon, how one so wise as Solomon could be in sin so foolish to go against the very words he gave testimony to in the scriptures and to go, remember the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, and then himself to go and worship pagan gods when he became old. And age to him, you know, we think of people growing old and becoming wiser, right? In Solomon's case, the older he got, the more foolish he got. And I believe at some point then he came to his senses, and that's, that's probably what we have in the book of Ecclesiastes, when he's, you know, he's run the full course, he's done everything he could possibly do apart from God, and now he's looking at life and what's the meaning of life. And again, he comes back to his foundation of fear of the Lord. Uh, but after how many pagan sacrifices and how many wives and how many 
breakings of the commandments of God. Time and age only made him grow more foolish. And we think about the flood. The purpose of the flood was to cut down the age of mankind from 900 and whatever to 120 years. My spirit will not strive with man forever. Because the more years God gave them, what happened? The worse they became. And really, only by compressing life into this short time span, the the heart of mankind is set on eternity. So many things you want to do. There's so many areas you can't even start beginning to explore you'd love to do in life. You know, and you're too young, you're too young. You get to your 20s, you got to finish your education. You're too young. You get to about 35, uh uh-oh, you're too old. Now you're middle-aged. Before you know it, by 50 years old, they're sending you the op pamphlets in the mail and telling you about retirement communities and then you got the sicknesses in your 60s and you said you make it to your 70s that compression of time what does it do it brings people to have to confront their mortality quickly and understand the true wisdom of eternity and make eternal decisions because the more time he gave them before that the worse they got so our our common attitude that the older we get the wiser we get doesn't always hold true it holds true in the lord it should hold true that if we're saved we learn more we grow we mature in jesus christ but in the world many times people know what's right better when they're younger and they just there's more enticement to sin solomon had more the more the years go on the more there is the enticement to sin and so it's amazing how this wise man wisest born of woman save one became so foolish as he got older. Today we'll see the source of Solomon's wisdom at the start of his reign as a young king. Let's go back to 1 Kings chapter 3. 1 Kings chapter 3, we read last week, verse 1, Now Solomon made a treaty with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and married Pharaoh's daughter. Then he brought her to the city of David until he had finished building his own house, and the house of the Lord, and the wall all around Jerusalem. And we talked about the treaty, the politically expedient treaty that was morally wrong. And Solomon turning toward the world and doing that which the world wanted him to, and how this planted a seed for all those other pagan marriages, all those other treaties where marriage becomes a cold, calculated thing, but then Solomon gets wrapped up in them, doesn't he? And he loves these many wives and he goes towards their gods. But we won't go over all that again. Let's, let's go to verse 2. Meanwhile, the people sacrificed at the high places because there was no house built for the name of the Lord until those days. And Solomon loved the Lord walking in the statutes of his father David, except that he sacrificed and burnt incense at the high places. So we see here that Solomon loves God. He, he is like David that he walks in the statutes of his father, David. Except he sacrifices and burns incense at the high places. And it says here that the people sacrificed at the high places because there was no house built for the name of the Lord until those days. That's Solomon's project, right? Solomon has to build a temple, the house of God. Remember the Lord had established the tabernacle system. He commanded sacrifices from the Israelites under Moses. 
and they were to bring their sacrifices at the tabernacle. Earlier on, in the time of Noah, in the time of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and the patriarchs, they would stop at special places and in communion with God to recognize their sinfulness and their dependence upon him, they would build an altar and they would worship and sacrifice, be it Noah after the flood when they come off the ark, Job at Uz, Abraham at Shechem, and then again Abraham between Bethel and Ai, and then Abraham at Hebron, and then Abraham at Moriah. They would stop and they would have uh, a time of worship. They would build an altar in special places. But to Moses, God emphasized the importance of the people, this nation, this tri these tribes of people going to the one place of worship uh, in the Promised Land, the place where God would put his name. And I'll just reread that to you in Deuteronomy chapter 12. We will continue this sermon in our next program. Our service time is 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at the Memorial Hall in Madison, Connecticut. You can find maps and info about our services on our website at www.shiarjashub.org, as well as a library archive of programs that are sure to help you in your daily Bible study. The address again is www.shear hyphen J-A-S-H-U-B dot O-R-G. You'll also find important articles written by Pastor Greg Scalzo. Please join us next time for Shi'ar Jashub.